0: Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this
1: program, Nancy Goodman-Torpey and Peter Torpey. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. This week, we'll be talking about an app that I use on my phone every day and how it was made to be so accessible using voiceover, despite the fact it started out as a very graphical program.
0: We'll speak with Scott Wilson Billing, the developer of the very popular Weather Gods app for iOS, about how, with a lot of feedback from the blindness community, he was able to make this happen. But first, for our tip of the week, this week's tip comes from Scott Wilson Billing, and it'll help you get more utility out of the Weather Gods app.
2: One tip which I think is often overlooked. Is the follow me setting? There's a setting called follow me. If you have the GPS on all the time, um, and I don't think we use that much battery, um, we've done a lot of work in that on that side of things. Then there's something called follow me, and if you go into the settings part of the device, so the iPhone settings or the iPad settings. Swipe down to Weather Gods and then double tap to go into the Weather Gods section, and you'll find there's some settings for Follow Me. Now, what Follow Me does is as you travel around, it detects when you've kind of settled somewhere. So, a good example is you've gone out for the day, you've gone to a beach, or you've gone for a walk, or maybe you've gone shopping in a local town, or you've gone away for the weekend. Um, So you've travelled, you've arrived somewhere, you've arrived at your destination. And what Weather God says is it it kind of waits until it looks like you're not on a train, you're not on a plane, you're not moving along in a car or riding a bicycle. And then it will go and get the weather for you automatically. And it gives you either a one day or three day synopsis of the weather for your particular destination. So it's a great way of getting the weather without thinking about it. And it pops up as a notification on the notification screen. And it breaks the weather down into morning, afternoon, evening and overnight. So it's very it's a very quick way, if you've arrived somewhere and you've you know, you haven't set weather gods up, you know, or you haven't launched weather gods, look at the weather data. If you have follow me switched on, we will do it for you automatically.
1: And I find that to be a very useful feature because, after all, I don't need to know if it's going to rain back home if I'm 50 miles away from home. I want to know if it's going to rain 50 miles away from home. So check it out.
0: Let's start by meeting Scott and learning about how he became an app developer.
2: Hi, I'm Scott Wilson Billing. I'm the developer of Weather Gods. Weather Gods is a small team based in the UK consisting of myself and my business partner, who is called James Engwell. James is the designer, and I am the developer. And it's the two of us who are responsible for the Weather Gods app on the iTunes App Store.
0: Can you describe the distinction between the designer
2: and the developer? Um, Yeah, sure. So you can probably think about it in terms of um, just about anything really in the world, whether it's uh, buildings, products, cars. You always have a designer who is involved in the visual side of things. Um, In terms of weather gods, it's a very visual application. It's a very unique application in terms of how we present the weather data. And that design has come from James now, in terms of the developer, it's my job to turn those designs into reality. So I have to uh, write the code and build the application which meets the designs which come from James. And I then make sure that the app is um, accessible to everybody.
1: So we'll talk a little bit more about the details of Weather Gods, how it works, and how its development progresses. But I thought you could perhaps give us a little bit of your background and what are the things you do besides develop weather guides?
2: Okay, so I've been um, uh, a software developer for, oh, must be 38, 38 years now. So I'm showing, I'm, I'm quite old. <laughs> I started off in the very early days writing software for the Commodore PET. And I published my first game on the Commodore PET and was surprised when it actually made a, a little bit of money. So that was kind of the thing which thought I thought, oh, hang on a second. This could be an interesting career, maybe. Um, and it kind of went from there. And um, I've been self-employed since 97 um, as a as a freelance software developer. And more recently, I worked for the Met Office, which is the UK's national weather provider. So the Met Office is responsible for all of the um, UK weather forecast data, all of the models, predicting what the weather will be, and also the severe weather alerts for the UK. And it was working through them that I first met James, and that was really the spark which kindled the, the idea of a weather, of a weather app. It came, it came from working at the Met Office.
0: You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Success.
2: Success.
0: This week's focus topic is the Weather Gods app and how Scott was able to make it fully accessible.
1: How did you start getting interested in making Weather Gods accessible? Have you had interactions with visually impaired people in the past?
2: No, none whatsoever.
1: So, what was the motivation here? Because you've made this app very accessible to visually impaired people.
2: Yeah. So, what happened? Um, we were almost ready to launch on the App fact, We were very close. And I think it was sometime in August.
1: And that was 2016, I take it.
2: August 2016, yeah. And we'd had the Worldwide Developers Conference. um, And I chanced upon a video about accessibility. And I'll be perfectly honest, I didn't know the first thing about accessibility at that point in time. And it was um, sort of like an introduction to accessibility and the things which Apple expect developers do to make their apps accessible. And uh, I watched this for about an hour, and I got it got to the end. And I suddenly I thought, "Hmm, I don't think Webexcast is accessible." So uh, I I did a, got home that evening and did a bit of um, bit of research, turned on Voiceover, and went through the app. And yep, lo and behold, definitely not accessible at all. <laughs>
1: Well, that's interesting. So for people who don't know, the Worldwide Developers Conference is the conference Apple hosts every year during the summer to talk about some of their new products that are coming up, get all the software and hardware developers together to talk about new products and software.
2: That's correct, yes.
1: So that's great. They actually had some little videos on accessibility to make people aware of these issues.
2: Yeah, they almost, um, without fail, every WWDC, there are sessions on accessibility.
1: What did that make you think? What was your um, reaction to all of that?
2: Well, I felt quite bad, actually, because uh, obviously, you know, Apple made the point that apps are for everybody. And, um, you know, you, you need to make apps accessible so everybody has an opportunity to use your app. So what did you decide to do? We had a bit of a problem, really, because our app is very, very visual in terms of how the weather data is portrayed, extremely graphical. Um, And of course, this just did not fit with making it accessible.
0: Before we get into the details of how you made it accessible, you've been referencing how visual the Weather Gods app is. Can you just take a minute and describe what's special about this app? Why is it different from the others? Because even our listeners who use it probably have never seen it.
2: Okay, so obviously it's a weather app and it presents weather data like all the other weather apps do. A key part of the weather gods application is the weather gods themselves. We have five gods. Uh, We have our moon god. We have our fire god, water god, ice god and air god. Um, And these are little animated creatures. And each one has a set of expressions. So as you move around the app, as you press buttons, they look up, they look down. Um, they fall asleep when there isn't anything exciting happening in their part of the weather spectrum. Um, so a good example is the fire god. He goes to sleep at nighttime because the sun's gone down. And, you know, the ice god is pretty much fast asleep through the summer months when it's not, not much happening on that side of things either. So these little um, weather gods, these little creatures are very visual with the eyes moving, um, the expressions and so on. So that's one part of the app, but then there's another part, and that's called the weather wheel. And the way to describe this, if you imagine half of a a wheel split into segments, and each segment represented one hour, and if you visualize each segment as being a window onto the weather, then each of those one hour segments visualizes the data for that hour. So, for example, If it's cloudy, you will see clouds in that little segment. Um, When it rains, you'll see rain. When it's snowing, you'll see snow. And then depending upon how much rain there is or how much snow there is, then you'll see more rain or more snow. And as you turn the wheel left or right with your finger, these windows uh, move onto the screen, move to the sort of midpoint of the screen, which is your current hour, and then they move back off the screen again. And you can do this for seven days of weather data.
0: And as a sighted user of the Weather Gods app, I can assure you that it is very pretty as well as very informative.
1: So that interface sounds like a lot of fun and very well suited to someone who's sighted, easily telling whether the weather is going to be at any time of day or in the next couple of days. What did you have to do to make this accessible to people using voiceover?
2: So, obviously, it was going to be quite difficult to make the the actual graphics accessible. So, what I've done with OverGods, so I've, I've taken a different approach, um, and this, this is why it's quite a different app. So, the app has almost got um, two faces to it. There's the visual face, and then there's the accessible face. The app actually checks, to, is VoiceOver running? If VoiceOver's running, you've still got all the visuals. But the information which is presented is obviously, it's made for accessibility.
1: You have more text on the screen instead of graphics, I suppose.
2: Yeah, there's more text on the screen. And actually, um, voiceover users, we've got something which you get, which you don't see visually. So what we've done for the weather wheel is we actually look at the weather data for each of those one hour segments. And we prioritize based upon a set of rules. So if, for example, there was going to be uh, quite a heavy storm, then the first thing VoiceOver will read out will be about the heavy storm. And then the last thing it might read out is about the ultraviolet because the UV low is very low. However, if it was a really sunny day, then obviously uh, we're going to read out the temperature. We indicate that the UV might be very high, meaning you might need sun cream if you're going outside wear a hat, that kind of thing. And also, you know, for every hour we look at it and we prioritise the weather based upon the weather conditions. And the other thing we do is when you get to a sunrise hour or a sunset hour, then VoiceOver will announce the time of sunrise and also the time of sunset. There's also some additional buttons which come onto the screen that is running, and they allow you to very quickly navigate between, you know, going backwards and forwards one day um, or backwards and forwards, 12 hours. And then you can swipe to go through each hour. And obviously, voiceover announces the date and time and all of those kind of things. So that particular screen has two sides to it or two faces. There's the visual face and then there's the voiceover face. I mean, I could have just you know, put all of the text out and, and that was it. But I thought, well, you know, here's an opportunity to actually make the app more useful to people who are using voiceover. Hence the prioritization of the weather data.
1: Yeah, well, that's pretty important, I would guess, because sometimes, you know, we're swamped by too much information on the screen and it can be hard to find the information that is really important to us at the time. So it's nice that you kind of prioritize that and focus on that.
2: Yeah, we do something similar as well on uh, on the main screen, which has got the, the animated gods I was talking about. So visually, if you tap on each of those gods, you get a seven day chart for each of the type of god so for example for the fire god you will visually see a temperature graph you will see the cloud cover so you'll know you know whether it's going to be a sunny day or it's going to be an overcast day um you'll see the time for sunrise time for sunset you'll know how long or short the nighttime hours are that kind of thing and again you know when i was doing this i was thinking well you know this isn't going to work for somebody who's using voiceover so again the app checks to see if voiceover is running and what we do is we present a different i call it the timeline because it's not really a chart it's a timeline and it is a completely custom control which we've written just for voiceover you get a timeline and what the timeline does it means you can actually use voiceover to navigate through this timeline and you know we support the voiceover gestures, so you can three fingers swipe left or right to move backwards and forwards every 12 hours. You can swipe into the timeline and then you can swipe forward one hour at a time. And then as you, as you land upon each of those hours in the timeline, voiceover reads the information pertinent to that particular hour. And it will be to do with the type of weather god. So if it's uh, the water god, voiceover will tell you if there's any rain or not. If there is rain, what type of rain is it? Is it showers? Is it heavy rain? Thunderstorms? What the likelihood of that particular rain is? How many millimetres or inches you might expect? Um, And we do that for each of the gods. So there's a dedicated custom timeline for the fire, the water, the ice, the air and the moon gods. And those are specific to voiceover. If you're running the app and voiceover is not switched on, you don't see those. Interesting. So we've done some real heavy custom stuff uh, if you're running VoiceOver. And that's why I said the app's kind of got two faces. What the VoiceOver user is used to hearing about may not necessarily equate to what somebody who is not using VoiceOver is used to seeing.
0: Oh, we have had some very interesting discussions about what our respective apps are telling us.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Pete uses VoiceOver and I don't. And all I know is he loves this app, the way you've configured it specifically for VoiceOver users. But I gather he is far from the only VoiceOver user who uses the Weather Guides app.
2: No, we have we have lots of users. And if, if you look at the stats, almost forty percent of users today who are using a VoiceOver um, in, indicates that that's a big big part of our customer base.
1: Well, one thing I thought was very special about you and what caught my attention in particular was that you're very active on the Apple Viz community. And this is a web forum for people who are visually impaired who use Apple devices. You seek a lot of feedback on that forum and respond very well to user feedback. And so I think that must be part of the success here.
2: Yes, and and there's a reason for it. I mean, obviously, I want to make sure the, the app is accessible. I think once as an app developer, you understand the importance of accessibility. You don't go back. It's at the forefront of your mind. Everything I do, how is this accessible? How can I make it accessible? So the Apple Viz community, um, we we have quite a fair few Apple Viz beta testers. um, And and I would say one thing, they are some of the best people at finding bugs. They really are. Um, Obviously, making sure I haven't broken anything in terms of accessibility um, but also the the attention to detail is extremely good as well. So, you know, quite often they will challenge me about weather data and the information being presented. You know, are you sure this is correct, So this doesn't look right, or I can't really believe this this value, you know, it seems a bit odd, or, you know, there's something not right about this value. So they're really, really helpful from that point of view. I mean, I do have other testers who um, are not voiceover testers, um, and they visually test the app but i would say you know quite often things escape them and i don't know if it's because you're glancing at something and you don't really see the details so yeah so the apple business community have been have been great helping me and um, you know i can't thank them enough really they have been really really helpful not only from the app testing side of things but also from localization so our app is localized for english obviously but also uh, Greek, French, German, Italian, Spanish, Vietnamese, Japanese, and simplified Chinese, and Norwegian. And some of the Apple Viz members have actually done the translations for us. So that's been extremely helpful as well.
1: Wow, great. I'm curious, as a developer, you were brand new to accessibility. How big of a hurdle was it, or a learning curve, for you to figure out how to make these apps accessible? <sighs>
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So the actual accessibility framework from Apple is actually very good, very easy to use. It's well thought out, well documented. Um, Apple have done a brilliant job there. They really have made the life of the developer um, much easier when it comes to accessibility. However, as as I've uh, mentioned, I, I didn't just have um, you know titles and labels and buttons and you know I, I had. Um, screen full of graphics and images and animations and, and all sorts of other things going on to try and figure out how to turn that into something which was accessible. So it wasn't really just about you know making the buttons accessible, but the actual whole part of the app.
1: So your biggest challenge was the design aspects and how to make it accessible and functional.
2: Yes, that's right. And And the actual visual design hasn't changed from the early days from the design which James has done. It's still very visual. But of course, under the hood, as I said, there's kind of two sides to this app. There's the the visual side. And then as soon as the app detects you're running voiceover, then it takes different code paths and presents information in different formats and and in different ways. So really, I've built two apps, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, it sounds like it
2: there are two apps in there and of course you know it does mean that when it comes to testing there's there's a lot more to test but it wasn't just the making the app accessible obviously um, we've got a widget we've got a weather widget i've made that accessible um and then the biggest challenge for me was the was the apple watch making that accessible because you're much more restricted on what you can do with voiceover on the apple watch The watch app is very visual. You've got little miniature versions of the weather gods on the watch face. Um, You've got these graphical timelines which show you each of the gods, whether it's going to be raining, snowing, what the temperature is like, all that kind of thing. And again, I've taken a different approach and the watch app kind of splits into two. And then you've got got the, uh, the voiceover version of the watch app as well.
1: So WeatherGods is a pretty mature app now. Is there much more to be done in terms of modifying it or upgrading it? Or are you on to other projects these days?
2: No, no. no. To be honest, I, I think my wife would kill me if I took on any more, any more projects. My, my day job is a long, long day. I mean, 10 a day typically. I'm away from home a couple of days a week with my client. So really, it's only kind of the weekends and the evenings. Um, I don't do as much as I like or would want to do, but, you know, I I still pack the hours in. But at the moment, I'm working on severe weather alerts. One of the most requested features has been severe weather alerts, and and that's not only just the Apple Viz community, that's also from people leaving uh, reviews on the App Store. So, I'm working on severe weather alerts in the moment. Uh, it's probably at this point worth saying that Weather Gods isn't just an app. Obviously, there's a whole lot of backend infrastructure which I've had to build in order to generate all these notifications. We send out; it's getting on close to 100,000 notifications a day now. So there's all of the infrastructure keeping that running. Um, so I'm currently working on severe weather alerts, which will be for the US, uh, for Canada, and for probably 21 European countries. So that will be the UK, France, Germany, Norway, uh, Spain, Italy, etc.
1: And those alerts are very useful. I find them very useful. We live in a part of the country here in the U.S. where the weather is very variable and can be very extreme in just a few hours. So those notifications about different weather conditions that can pop up are very useful.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then after that, um, it's really some, some other things I want to do. I would like to um, add air quality to the app. We've had quite a few requests from people asking about um, would it be possible to send out a notification for Moonrise and uh, Moonset as well, because um, our sunrise and sunset notifications are very popular with visually impaired people. As, as Again, I, I didn't really understand... That side of things. I mean, you know, never really thought about the aspect from the from the visual impaired community. Right. But then someone emailed me and said, "Hey, Scott, any chance of having a sunset notification?" well it'd be good for me to know when sunset is, so I know when to pull the blinds.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah.
2: And and I thought about it. I thought, yeah, I had never really thought about that. But of course, you know, it, that's. Um, you know, I can look out the window and know it's time to pull the, pull the curtains or the blinds or whatever. But um, obviously, if you can't see what's out your window, then uh, it's you know, not so straightforward.
1: Yeah, interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. As I say, someone emailed me and said, any chance? So, yeah, I said, yeah, fine, we'll, we'll put it in, we'll test it. And that's how that arose. Cool.
0: Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about the Weather Gods app and how to contact Scott Wilson-Billing.
1: So if people want to find out more about the Weather Gods app or find it in the App Store or contact you, where would you send them?
2: So I would say um, if you want to find out more about the app, then AppleViz is a good place to start. Otherwise, you can search for it on the App Store. Fire up the App Store on your iPhone, um, you can type in weather gods, weather space gods, and that should find us. It's only available for iOS. People have asked me if I would do an Android version. Probably not.
1: And do you have a website or a way of contacting you?
2: We do. It's uh, weathergods.cloud, W e a t h e r g o d s scloud C-L-O-U-D, weathergods.cloud.
0: Do you have an email address if people want to contact you directly?
2: Anyone needs any help at all or has any problems or wants to provide any feedback, any bugs or suggestions for the future, please, please, please email me, um, support at weathergods.cloud. We're always here to help.
0: I noticed on your website that it says you are the winner of the 2017 Accessibility Award from Apple Viz. So congratulations.
2: Oh, thank you. Yes, we were. And then this year for 2018, we got the Golden Apple Award, So, which was uh, very much appreciated as well. And well-deserved. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, as I say, the Apple Viz community have been have been absolutely fantastic. You know, they are a Great bunch of people, so helpful, very knowledgeable. There's some, there's definitely people on there who have a massive interest in weather, and I've learned all sorts of things speaking to those people, finding out you know what's important and you know maybe what's not so important. So yeah, no, it has been really really useful for me.
1: And we talked a lot about Apple Viz. Their website is a p p l e vis.com. And it's a very useful place for any visually impaired person who uses a variety of Apple products or hardware and software. As usual, all the contact information and the resources will be available in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net.
0: That's it for show number 1911. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about a comparison of various types of electronic eyewear. There are many options available for those with little or no vision, but choosing the right one can be a daunting process. We'll talk with Dori Rush, the chief content editor of Ophthalmic Edge Patients, about the various options available and the features of several specific models to help you make the right decision for you. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at hosts eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpey and Peter Torpey, and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs. Find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you'll join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.